this is the only podcast that says. Superman was a beacon to the world. Why aren't you? You're an inspiration, Diana. You don't just save people. You make them see the better their better selves. And yet, I've never even heard of you until Luther lured you out with, by stealing a picture of your dead boyfriend. You shut yourself down for a century. So let's not talk about, about, about me moving on. Nice. Yeah. A little, little something from Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pay dividends later on. <laughs> yeah. So how are you, sir? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Worked today up at Mom's, did some lawn work. Yeah. Yeah. The girls helped me a lot. Yeah, that's good. So, um, yeah, I'm just working. I uh, was, that the, was that your first getting in there of the year? Like, you know, was it like grass high and shit like that? Or was it like something you... No, nah, this is like the fourth time I did it. Okay, yeah. I didn't even mow today. It was just all outside work. Yeah. Like trees and all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Clean up. Yeah. Yeah. So, still, it was a long day. Yeah, I'm sure. That's, I got... I need to buy a rake. Because I got, like, that area underneath... Like in my backyard, I've got this pine tree uh-huh. that pretty much shades almost the entire backyard. But um, like directly underneath it is like um, it's just, it's just all these pine needles and stuff. And um, I just want to rake them up and see if I can get some grass right. to grow there, you know. And uh, then I, I got like some I don't know if it's poison oak or poison ivy. I got some shit springing up all over this place. Really? Yeah. So I got to get like some. Rubber gloves and yank that, that shit on. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm look, I'm looking at this stuff because like I'm noticing this stuff like this week, yeah, because we were we, still, we were still house sitting that dog Oliver, and uh, you know I'm, I'm sitting around, you know I'm I'm looking around the yard and I'm like, yeah, I I just need to clean that up. I mean I just I'm thinking later on, I'm thinking to myself, you're becoming that guy. <laughs> like you're be, like like I'm thinking to myself like yeah I need to clean that area up. That just needs taken care of and. I need to pull this shit out, and I'm like, fuck, I'm becoming the thing I hate. <laughs> right. You know, I don't want to do this shit. I, I mean, now, Grant, like, underneath that tree, like, it, it should take a total of an hour. Right. M- maybe two, because I work slow, you know? Yeah. But, like, it, it's not a bit, it's like I'm looking at, like, doing, like, big projects back there and shit, you know? But still, I'm like, fuck, when did I become that guy? <laughs> Uh, in the house now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I know that life. Yeah. I was sitting out there. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go downstairs, get my that lawn chair I bought, and bring it out here and sit down, and have a have a Gatorade, relax. <laughs> you know. Nice. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened to me? I, this isn't me. You know. <laughs> right. I think part of it is I'm st- I am starting to get like a little stir crazy. Yeah, I, really? I don't I don't, don't want to call it stir crazy because like I'm not like I don't want to leave the house, but it's like I was thinking to myself like yeah maybe I, you know sit outside read, All right? You know, enjoy a comic book, <laughs> relax. You know, 
enjoy yourself a little bit. You have a yard to enjoy yourself in. I think that's where I'm at now. It's like, like I have, I, I have this amenity that I should be taking advantage of. <laughs> right. You know, and I, and I, and I don't, and I, and I haven't. And it's like, Hey, you really should take advantage of this. You should sit outside and relax and enjoy it. You know, like, oh man, what the fuck is that? You know, because <laughs> I, I I leave my house like I leave the house once a week for an hour to go shopping. Right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, that's it. That's 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 my life anymore. Yeah. And today, like last week. When I went shopping, my my mask broke like around the ear. Yeah. Nancy has replacements here, but you know, so like last week, I was, so I, I threw my mask away last week. Why? I'm even telling myself like before I went shopping, because I'm just going down to Dollar General. Like, don't forget to grab a mask. When uh-huh. I get to the Dollar General and fucking forgot my mask. Uh huh. Like I am not driving back, you know. So I'm like walking around Dollar General with my shirt up over my nose. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, people are going to think I'm that asshole. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like standing in line, there are people, like, like nobody was, like, pointing or anything. But, like, you know, like, they're all going home, like, you should have seen this fucking asshole who didn't wear a mask. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not that guy. I, I, you know, I was social distancing from people. I was making sure I wasn't in the same aisle as people. I, you know, it was one of those things where I just, I forgot the fucking mask, and I felt like a dick. Right, you know? right. And I was just like, eh, other people will tell me I'm a hero. <laughs> right. I don't know which I am. Lighting uh, up fireworks. Are they? Well, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, gla- it's Glassport. It's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I expect that. All right. I kind of expect Like, I don't know what to expect. Like, you know. Like, New Year's Day was, like, louder than I expected. Like, New Year's Eve, like, the stroke of midnight. Oh, like, really? Yeah. I was like, there's a lot of fireworks going off and a lot of fucking gunfire, I think. <laughs> you know? And uh, <laughs> you hear some of the occasional banging of pots and pans, but there was a lot of gunfire, I thought. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> We're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, and, like, living in Elizabeth, which is, like, Hickville, yeah, you would expect that. You're like, you hear like two gunshots, and that was like it at midnight. You know, it like it was like very calm and very quiet there. Like uh-huh. here, I, like you're right. I, I'm like, I, shit, I'm in Beirut. Like you know, somebody's funerals are just shooting into the air for no goddamn reason. <laughs> like what the fuck? So like I I don't know what like like the the three summer holidays have me like a little nervous. I'm like I, I the Fourth of July particularly. I, this place is gonna blow up. I think. You know, that's funny. What was, I, what was I thinking moving so close to McKeesport? <laughs> I, I don't know either. Huh? Yeah, but I mean, I, there hasn't been anything going on. But I, it's just like it's like one of those things where, like, like come come the Fourth of July, I'm like, hmm, I wonder how loud it's going to get. Right. Thank God, thank God, Dritz is deaf. Watch anything good this week? Um, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, other than um, the, the last two episodes of The Last Dance, no. I watched Wrath of Khan last night again because it was on. Yeah. 
like I was flipping through the channels that was on Epics. I was like, oh, cool, Wrath of Khan. And that was followed by Search for Spock. I'm like, yeah. Oh, shit. Let me just put the remote down. <laughs> you know? Um, but no, that's, that, that was, that's been about it. Yeah. Like, not, nothing, like, nothing I really watched that was, like, stuck out or anything. So, I finished season one of Altered Carbon. What'd you think of that? I, like I liked it. it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm on the second episode of season two. Yeah, I, I got to restart season two. Like, I got out of it for some reason. There was something going on, like, uh-huh. the weekend it came out. And... Like, I, I couldn't stay awake trying to watch it, and it, like, pissed me off. So, I needed to start over from, like, episode one for, for like, season two. Yeah. But I really like season one. I, I can't wait to, like, I, I might watch it because, you know, maybe Monday I'll spend binge-watching season two. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. I, I liked it. It was good science fiction. It was. It, Visuals it really were real was. Good. Yeah. A lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of blood. But I, I thought it was just really well done. It, it, it was like a, it, an interesting show with like nice twists to it. And I, I just thought it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it too. So just got to finish up. Got, just got to finish up that second season. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. That's pretty much what I watched this week. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Let's put the bed uh, the last dance. Yeah. What did you think of the last two episodes? Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And like we've said every week, it's just a good show. Yeah. I've been very intrigued by the fallout from it. Huh? What was that? Uh-huh. I've, I've been very intrigued by the fallout from it. Like, yeah. Scotty Pippen's pissed because he was portrayed a certain way bit selfish yeah. and like i didn't take it that way like i i guess you know like i i viewed like scotty pippen as like a guy who was upset because he made a bad business deal yeah you know as far as like you know like the the contract situation i mean he wasn't made to look good and you know when he sat out that game that you know that that last shot against the Knicks, that like Kuko yeah. shit. Like he was like, pissed because he so he sat out because he wasn't the guy taking the last shot. He wasn't made to look good there. But I thought overall, like I mean, from the beginning of it, Michael was like, there, you know, you can't say Michael Jordan's name without saying Scottie Pippen. Right. Like I mean, Jordan made it known. I felt that like Scottie Pippen was an integral part of him winning six championships. Yeah. And kind of, and and more than probably more than anybody else knew what Michael needed him to do to win those championships. Right. Like there were other guys he kind of had to bring along kicking and screaming and like, you know, the the dictator that came out and everything else. Like, you know, all the shit you heard and even Jordan fesses up to like, I did it and I don't care. Fuck him. You know? Yeah. But like Pippen didn't need that. Like Pippen was just like, Yeah, this is what you need to do to be great. Right. You know. So like I, I like I, I I thought but like you know other guys were just like you know yeah he was a dick <laughs> you know? like Horace Grant yeah Horace Grant's coming out like fuck Michael Jordan you know like wow <laughs> you're wearing three rings because of him son <laughs> yeah 
You know? I know. You know? I know. That's the thing. It's like you're wearing rings because of him. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting, like, the way they broke down the, the, the NBA finals, like, that, that, that year, that, that yeah. final year. Um, I, I thought at the end of it, I guess this is just me. Like, I get that it was about that run. That yeah. you know, the, the the legacy of Michael Jordan as a Chicago Bull. I just wanted them to spend five minutes on Michael explaining to me why he was a you know played for Washington for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Like really, like honestly, like I I I just I needed an explanation for that because it's like it's one of those things where like you think of players. And you see them in a uniform, it just doesn't look right. Like, I think of, like, um, Johnny Unitas in a Chargers uniform. Joe Namath yeah. with a Rams uniform. Um, Emmett Smith in a Cardinals uniform. Joe Montana in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform. You know, yeah. and, and Tom Brady's about to put on a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. You know, it's just not going to look right. Like, uh, you yeah. know, and even if he does, even if he wins a Super Bowl, like, even Peyton Manning in a Broncos uniform, winning a Super Bowl in a Broncos uniform didn't look right to me. You know, so like th- there are just, there are guys that like you just, you think about their legacy and, and, and what it means. Like it would be like, like Larry Bird, like wearing like a, a Milwaukee Bucks uniform for some reason. You're like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, or or like even like is like Wayne Gretzky wearing a Rangers uniform in the last few years of his, of his career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you think of him in an Edmonton uniform, in all honesty, you think of him in an LA Kings uniform, but when he went to the Rangers, it was like, oh, that doesn't that doesn't feel right at all. You know. <laughs> So like, yeah, it's I don't a, know. yeah, so it's like one of those things. Where, like I just I want an explanation. Like what what made you feel that you could like do you like it, not that it soils his legacy at all, but he wasn't a good player. You know what yeah. I mean? And like you know he, he he bitched and moaned about like I don't want to rebuild. Like the reason he he left the Bulls was because they were going to break up the Bulls. But they wanted to keep him around to be the centerpiece they built around again. And he's like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah, you know, right. we already had the tools here. Why, why are we letting this all go so we can rebuild? No, thank you. But yet he goes to Washington a couple years later, and he's basically doing exactly what the Bulls would have done. He's playing with all these young players who weren't anywhere near ready for prime time. And you know, with Jordan being on that team, the, the spotlight shone shone bright on him. And you know, many of those guys failed as an NBA player because of it. Yeah. You know. I, don't so know. I just wanted I just wanted five minutes for somebody just ask them that question. Well, why why did you go to go to Washington? <laughs> right. And I, I, I like part, part, part of it was like, you know, ownership. Like he got part ownership of the team. Yeah. Which they then took back because it was like a disaster. But I mean like, you know, now he has the Charlotte Hornets and like it's funny like as a player, yeah, he's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. 
But man, as an owner and GM, he is fucking garbage. Yeah. You know, and you can say the same thing about like John Elway. Right. John Elway's one of the greatest players of all time. Like, he's only gotten lucky that he got Peyton Manning to sign a contract there. Right. You know, that's the only reason those Bronco teams went to two Super Bowls is because, you know, Peyton Manning was around. Otherwise, he's a piece of trash as a GM. Right. You know. So it's like funny how like some guys just can't do that. Like, but the other side of that is like a guy like John Lynch, who's with the you know he's a GM for the 49ers. He was like you know that a great with Tampa Bay and with uh, Denver, I think. Mm. And um, you know he's an awesome GM. Yeah. You know he he's built a a team with his head coach that's that's you know you gotta you gotta look at it and say yeah they could be contenders for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's funny how like <clears throat> the great as great of a player as you can be, you may not be that good of a coach or talent evaluator. Right. You know. Yeah. The one the one exception is Mary Lemieux, but I think he just kind of sits back and lets people make money for him. <laughs> you think? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's smart enough to like let other people do that job. <laughs> right. You know. I mean. He's still a figurehead, though. He he is, yeah. But the problem is, like, like in Charlotte. I'm talking but, about Lemieux. Oh, Lemieux, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's a he's a figure. He's an owner. I mean, he's a shrewd businessman. But that, I guess the the thing is, he's a shrewd businessman and knows how to surround himself with people who can do what he probably couldn't do. Like, I would not. I probably would not want Mary Lemieux to be the general manager of the team. Right. You know what I mean? That that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like Wayne Gretzky was a head coach for a short period of time. He was fucking awful. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest players of all time. Lousy as a head coach. You know. Yeah. So like, like it's like it's funny how like as great of a player as you are, making that transition to to being a coach maybe doesn't work for those types of players because like the things that they could see and do. You can't expect that from the average player, right? And, when you, and you're trying to elevate them, and they 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 can't be elevated. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and it frustrates you as a coach or as a general manager. You know. Yeah. I I don't know. I guess it, it it seems like the people who have success transitioning to like management positions in sports are like the mid level guys, the guys who are like good to pot you know to to almost great. But not all-time greats, all right? You know what I mean? Like even Mike Singletary, like, I mean, he was a bad head coach. He's been a very right. good. He's been a very good like um, linebackers coach. But yeah. he's he's he was awful as a head coach, and he's one of the greatest linebackers of all time. <laughs> right. You know. So that's the weird thing. Like I, I, you know, I don't know how. I don't know how the mind works that, that that you can't make that transition as an all-time great. Right. You know. How's Steve Kerr doing at coaching? Well, I mean, <laughs> I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, they won, what, three out of five years or something like that? Yeah. I didn't you know. know how the players surrounded him or anything like that. Well, I, I mean, like, I, I think the thing with Steve Kerr is, like, he innovated basketball. He was a guy who, like, you know, told Steph Curry to, like, shoot 23s. Yeah. 
You know, like he he's changed in many ways. He's changed how basketball is played because he he does look at it from more of an analytic standpoint. You know, so like he, his philosophy is if we can hit 15 threes, that's better. So even though we take 30 shots and we only hit 15 of them, it's still better than getting 15 twos. Right. You know, like it's like this weird th- this weird thing of analytics that, that, that he's brought in. Um, that so many other, you know, be, you know, baseball in particular is known for like, you know, how much analytics has taken over. But like Steve Kerr has kind of done that as well with basketball, where you know, you're looking at, you know, even though it's a lower percentage shot, the more of those you make, the better off you are. Which is why yeah. basketball has evolved from a a drive to the basket, you know, type of game to, you know, find the open man at the three point line, let him just take a shot. Yeah. You know, and hopefully it hits. If it doesn't, we'll just take another later on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ugh. Hmm. Ugh. So it's a uh, it's jumping the old show proper. Okay. Some some local news. I'm I'm sure I'm sure you've heard. I mean, you 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 work in the in the Oakland area, yeah. um, you know, the closing down of the O. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> this has apparently sent shockwaves, not only through Pittsburgh, but across the country. Yeah. Two friends of the show, Mark Cuban. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for those who don't know, Mark Cuban, you know, many people see him on Shark Tank. Um you know, he, he's also, you know, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. But what people don't remember or know is he's a Pittsburgh boy. Yeah. You know, he went to Mount Lebanon, or he's from Mount Lebanon. He went to Pitt. Yeah. You know, so he, he's a local guy. And uh, apparently he is in negotiations to buy the Dirty O. <laughs> it's crazy, right? It is. It's, it's, it, he's he basically said, like, he was talking about it on the um, – the Pat McAfee show. Mm. And he, he was basically saying like, you know, it's an institution. It, it should always be there, <laughs> you know? And so if I could save this, this institution in, in Oakland where, you know, it's been there for, for decades and should always be there, then, then let me do that. Right. But apparently the, the guy who owns it is playing hardball with him, trying to get as much money as possible. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> And also, in the same interview, Mark Cuban also says he's still open to the possibility of owning the Pittsburgh Pirates. Really? Yeah. You want him to buy? Well, I've wanted him to buy for a long time. Like, it, it was like, I want to say 10 years ago, he tried to buy the Pirates. And the Nuttings wouldn't sell. Uh-huh. Because the Pirates make money. Like, mm-hmm. as weird as that sounds... And no matter what people will tell you, like, because you always hear about, well, they're a small market team. They don't make, the Pirates make money. It's because, you know, their their payroll is so cheap. And, you know, people, like, all you need to do is, like, you have, like, five fireworks nights and five bobblehead nights. Those games sell out, and lo and behold, they've made money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, that, that's honestly what it takes. You know, and you, if you get a series with the Yankees in town for three games, even better, you know, like it, it's shit like that that they get these sellouts, so they don't 
or these big crowds. So right. they end up making money just because people want to show up, not even to support the pirates, just to like see the other products sometimes. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like so, which is a weird thing to say, but that's what people do. That's what I would do sometimes. I, you know, such and such teams come into town. Well, I want to see player X. I'm gonna go get a ticket. You know what I mean? So, but that's how the but that's how the Nuggets make money off the Pirates. We're gonna just have this low ass payroll, like twenty thirty million dollar payroll, and then you know you're gonna come in droves to get the bobbleheads to get the to see the fireworks, to see foreigner play after a game, you know, and then yeah. <laughs> you know that's what they did, and. uh and then actually, you know, we've made a few million dollars. Right. You know, but, but 10 years ago, I mean, Cuban went hard at them trying, like, making big time offers to try to buy the Pirates, and they would not sell. And um, apparently, Cuban is still open to that possibility of, like, you know, I'd literally like to own the Pittsburgh Pirates and fix that organization. Yeah. You Maybe know, good. The, the thing he's talked about. And I agree with this. It's like you're not. He's like, even if I own the Pirates, the first thing I'm not going to do is go out there and spend two hundred million dollars on payroll. Mm. You just you don't do that, you know. Mm. He's like, you know, you, it, it would be a, a long term plan to fix the organization, starting in the minor leagues. Yeah. You know, you which is what you have to do. But then once you have those guys, like. As an example, if, if you look back to when the Pirates were, made the playoffs a few years ago, like they built the team, like this is exactly what they did. They built the team through the minors. You know, they they, they were trading away their top end talent for minor league talent that they taught through the minors. And once they made it to the big league pro, big league team, they had the, this really good team that they had put together. The problem then becomes though. You need to be able to fill in the gaps. And the Pirates were filling in those gaps with guys that they could get on the cheap. That's when you start to spend the money, according to Cuban. Like, that's when, like, once you've got those guys through the minor league system, once you've built that minor league system up and you've you've got these guys that are ready to play big league ball at a, comp- at a competitive level, then you fill in the gaps with high-end talent. That's how you win with a small market team. You have to eventually spend money at some point, but you don't spend it right away. Right. You know, and the when the Pirates got to that point, they were still nickel and diming it and getting guys that they could get for like, you know, seven hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, shit like that. Uh-huh. And you know, so at the end of the day, they weren't improving the team that much. They were getting like you know, fifteen year veterans that they could get on the cheap and plug in, and hopefully you, you squeeze a little bit of something out of them that you know. And that just doesn't work. Right, right. You know. So, yeah, so do I think Mark Cuban could fix it? Absolutely. Um, I just don't think the Nunnings will ever sell, especially to him. <laughs> yeah. Because he's been so critical about them, and they're like, fuck you, we're running us like a business, not like a sports team. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to make money off of this. And that, and that's the problem with, like, with the Pirates. Yeah, I don't see them going anywhere. <laughs> well, no, and like, and the worst part of it is, is like, it, like you, when you do get that team together, you're gonna have a two to three year run. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, and that's it. That's all they had. They right. made the playoffs three years in a row, and then the team got dismantled. Right. You know, and so as a fan, like, how how can that be? Like, how can you feel good about that? Yeah. How can that be acceptable? Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna lose for twenty more years, hopefully. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's frustrating. I mean, people wonder why, like, I why I jumped off. Like, I, I'm still a pirate fan, but I just refuse to spend money for the nuttings. Yeah. Like, if they sold the team, I would probably start going to games again. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I I enjoy a night at the ballpark. Right. You know, there's, there's nothing better than like sitting, like, you know, like I would spend money too. Like, I wasn't buying like upper deck seats that for like five bucks. I was spending, you know, twenty thirty dollars to sit down. In the lower levels, you know, good expensive seats, you know, I'd buy a Pepsi, buy a little something to eat. Here comes Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I, I was, a, you know, when I, I would go to five to ten games a year and I, that's the type of games I would go to. Like I would spend my money for shit like that. Right. But you re- I reached a point where it's like I just refuse to spend money and give you my money because you're not doing anything with it. You're putting right. it in your pocket. Yeah, you know, it just doesn't. Yeah, I, I get your point. I mean, I wouldn't go either. <laughs> like, and I, and I, I hate to say it because I love going to baseball games. I enjoy sitting in, in, in at the ballpark, watching a game. Right. You know, it's it's one of the, I, I I can't stand watching baseball on TV, but I love going to the ballpark and watching a game. Yeah. There's something completely different about it. Yeah, there is. You know, and like I just can't imagine like like I reached a breaking point where it was like. I, I just can't see me spending money like, like on this. Like this is a product that's just going to fail over and over again. Right. You know. So. They don't care. Yeah. No, they don't. Because I mean, they made their money elsewhere. I'm mean, still making money. Yeah. You know. So. Fuck them. <laughs> so what? But what? What would you think about Cuban owning the O? Like, like getting back to the original topic here, like. Like, is that something, I, I guess, like, I don't know, because, like, it's, like, it shut down, like, you know, in the middle of this pandemic situation. Right. And, but, like, like I don't know if you're, like, your colleagues, if that's someplace that they like to go, like, after work to grab a bite to eat and a, and a beer or, like, no. <laughs> you know that more of a student thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I haven't been to the O in years. No, neither have I. But, I mean, it's a staple with students, I think. Um, you know, they still go there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think it's as busy as it once was. But, you know. Yeah. I think they were still firing hot dogs on the grill and, you know, for lunch. and Yeah. People were still going there. Oh, yeah. So, um, I don't know. You should first thing you should do is redesign the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, 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 let me phrase it another way then. Do you think it's an institution that should that should always be there then? Yeah, I think so. Like it seems like it's like something, especially in college towns, like they have that place. Like everybody, every place has that place of like, you know, yeah. When when I go back to to Bama for a game, I always got to make sure I stop in such and such place and, and get a sandwich because I got, you know, that's where I always went when I was a, in, in college there or, yeah. you know, 
you know, there's all, all these college towns have a place like that. And I see like, like that's what the O is. Yeah. And I see like, that's what the O is for pit. Yeah. I agree. You know? Yeah. That, and yeah, I think that's really all they had. I mean, there's a lot of places down there or at that were down there, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, that was I mean, definitely fast a place. food places. I mean, there's a, you know, subways, Wendy's, <laughs> whatever the fuck else they have down there. I mean, yeah. you know, but but like as far as like a, like something that was local and was like uniquely pit, that was the O. Yeah, it was the O, and probably Uncle Sam's. Yeah, Uncle Sam's subs. Yeah, but yeah, I think it should stay around. Yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do to it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know I, mean, I mean, I would be intrigued like if he just like you know reopens it as is. Like you know, the O should always be the O. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I, 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 I thought it was interesting that, like, like you know, Mark Cuban was like, the O must be saved. I know. You're like, of all the people. Right. You know. Well, if he went there, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just, I don't know. Like he said, he's a Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's, he's definitely a Pittsburgh guy, which is like, yeah, it's like a funny thing to think about. Like, you know, he's this multi-billionaire who, like, you see on TV all the time. Well, I'm sure he has the money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a drop in the bucket for him, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think this is going to break him. No. <laughs> I'm like, you know, Mark Cuban's gone destitute because he bought the O. <laughs> I'm sure he's made now, worse if he did the O. If he did own the O, here's hypothetically. Uh-huh. Do you think he'd put an O at Pirate Stadium? Hmm. <clears throat> I don't think so. No. Well, I mean, I, even if he bought if he bought the O and he bought the Pirates. Yeah. Oh, then yeah, that's a that's a. You think? Yeah, I can see that. I'm surprised it'd be good at a game. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Fuck them crab fries. Exactly. I'll take, I'll, I'll take the O double drops. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That would be good though. Can you imagine you having that a surprise at a at a game? Oh god. And then you probably worm them into Steeler games and hockey games. Probably not oh, hockey, god. but Steeler games for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be uh, tremendous. I know. That would be yeah. tremendous. Having yeah, some O fries. Give me, give, me a small fr- give me some small fries and a dog. Mm-hmm. That'd be incredible. That would be. Yeah, I can see that dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dream. Dream another dream. This dream is over. Yeah. Oh. I'd kill for some. I'd kill some for uh, some O fries. And be like, you know, I'll take a medium. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so that, that, let's go controversial here. Okay. Which would you prefer, the O fries or potato patch fries from Kennywood? Oh. Yeah, I got to go with the O. Yeah. Yeah. They're just yeah. better fries. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. I mean, potato patch fries are good. But they're not better than the O. 
No. I don't care. I, I don't care what, what anybody says. Yeah. Anybody who's local right now, I, I, I'd love to hear your opinion. Which is better, the fries from the O or fries from Potato Patch at Kennywood? Oh, there are people nationally, like there are people like who listen to us around the country are probably like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Dude, the O fries are amazing. And, and speaking of amazing, speaking of controversy, did you hear, see the controversy surrounding the little red caboose? No. Oh. oh. Uh, apparently, <laughs> some concerned citizen, let's just say, um, reported them to. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it was uh, the gov- like some sort of government agency or something because <laughs> of the lack of social distancing. Like, and apparently, let me look this up because this is you great. The wine? Apparently, yeah. Nowhere to really eat. No, there's not. Let, let me let me pull this up because they, they they had a big Facebook post about this, and it, like 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 thousands of people were just like. What? What is this? What happened? The red caboose. Here we go. <laughs> this is straight from their Facebook page. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. We just wanted to make a statement after hearing today that someone turned us in for not adhering to social distancing guidelines. This was brought to our attention by the news channel when they showed up at our business today informing us of that fact. We are a small business doing everything we can to comply with social distancing guidelines. We have limited the amount of patrons allowed in the restaurant at once. All of our employees are wearing masks. Not one person is handling the only one person is handling the finances and not touching any other food. We have brought in the brought the condiments back into our in back in for our employees to service instead of our usual self-service stations. We have signs up asking patrons to comply with social distancing measures mandated by the government, and so on. Yes, we do have long lines. However, we have the space to accommodate such lines on our property while still spaced out. To avoid situations in the future where someone can turn us in and possibly have us fined or even shut down, please do your part to help us adhere to social distancing if you haven't already done so. Please wear masks while you're waiting in line. Please stand six feet apart and please be respectful of other people. At such uncertain times, we feel sad and disheartened that we can't stand together and support small local businesses instead of trying to bring each other down. With that said, stay safe, stay healthy, and very importantly, stay kind. Nice. But, like, what what human being turns in the red caboose? <laughs> like how much of a snitch do you have and for those who don't know okay like and again like i'm sure there are people nationally who are like what the fuck are these people talking about and i'm sorry you know we, we get local from time to time but the red caboose is a very small restaurant out on, on route 51 where it's literally like it's old as a kitchen there's not it's, it's not even a dining room like it's just no, you outside yeah. yeah you stand in line you go into the caboose the caboose is the kitchen and they, I mean, all they serve anymore is like hot dogs and French fries. Like you go in for dogs and fries. That is it. Yeah. You know, and it's just this very little like restaurant, like the tiny, but it's like a, an institution. Like it's one of those places where like you just like you you love to go to when they're whenever you find out they're fucking open. <laughs> like, right. You know. Right. And. 
Yeah, because like, they're open like for like three hours at lunchtime or some shit. And <laughs> but it's like this amazing food, you know, and it's delicious and you love it. And but like like how big of a jag off do you have to be to turn in the red caboose? <laughs> this saddens me to no end. <clears throat> I know. You know. I mean, just stay six feet apart. I, I that's what I mean. It's not like they're open, like an open restaurant. Like, you know, I mean, right? I mean, technically, I could have turned in fucking Dollar General today because people sitting in line were not six feet apart. Right. You know, they all were all wearing masks, but they weren't standing six feet apart. One yeah. woman kind of said, "Hey, you're kind of close to me." You're like, "Oh, I'm sorry." She's like, "I don't care. I'm just letting you know." You know. Well, if you didn't care, you wouldn't have said jack shit. But like, like that's the thing. Like, you know, so I could have made a phone call and been like, you know, hey, Dollar General and White Oak, they're not practicing social distancing in those lines. <laughs> you know, right? That's not the fault of Dollar General. You know, there's ten people in line. They had one register open at the time. Dude's busting his ass. You know, right? He's trying to ring up my ten Gatorades. You know, <laughs> so like, I, it, it's just it's, it's that thing that's like. Especially a small business like that, like, like if you went, if you were to like do that to Giant Eagle, like, hey, I went, I was in Giant Eagle today, and I saw, like, you know, they had like three cashiers, none of them were wearing masks, nobody's wiping shit down, like, okay, I get that. We're talking about the Red Caboose, just tiny little business that, that it just ekes it out, you know. You're gonna turn them in. Eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> You know, honestly, eat a bag of dicks. That's funny. Yeah. I apologize for those people around the country and around the world who are like, have no idea what we're talking about. But these are hard-hitting local issues. (laughs) They are. We have to discuss. What's local business, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So. Yeah, it is. But. So let's move on to the big news of the week. Okay. Um, the go here. So on Wednesday or Tuesday, excuse me, I think it was, I think it was uh-huh. Tuesday. Tuesday, or Wednesday, I can't remember. Zach Schneider had a watch along party for Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. Now, the first bit of big news that came out of that was. Joining Zack Schneider on on that watch party was Henry Cavill. Yeah, you know. But the other big news was they announced that Warner Brothers has greenlit them finishing the Zack Schneider cut of Justice League, and it'll be exclusively available on HBO Max in 2021. <clears throat> okay. And then it was announced that. Warner Brothers is spending 20 to 30 million dollars to finish the Schneider cut of Justice League. Now there are not going to be any reshoots involved with this. This is just mo- mostly special effects, I guess. I guess they're going to take everything that he had shot already and do the special effects, which is another 20 to 30 million dollars to cl- to to clean that up. Yeah. I'm going to ask you first how do you feel about 
this movement gaining a victory like this? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know the pros and cons. I don't know the differences. You do, I'm sure, but I, I do not. Well, I mean, Zack Snyder has gone I really on record. I don't have an opinion. <laughs> I mean, from from the standpoint from the standpoint of the movie, Zack Snyder has gone on record saying that his his cut is extremely different from what was released in theaters. Okay. Okay. Extremely. Like there there is a lot of reshoots that were done by Joss Whedon to cobble together the movie that we saw in theaters. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the the biggest rumor was always that Warner Brothers was not happy with the direction Jack, Zack Snyder was taking that franchise. And, you know, the unfortunate suicide of his, his daughter gave them an excuse to kind of pull him out of the project and, quote unquote, fix it. Okay. Okay. And, you know, the product that we ended up seeing is what we what we got. And, I mean, as much as I enjoyed it, I, I have fun with, with Justice League. I'm not going to tell you it's a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Like, I can't defend it. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody wants to tell me it's a bad movie, you know, you're, you're right. You know, but I enjoy it for some ungodly reason. Like, I, I think it's just the, the, the DC fanboy in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's the Justice League. Look at them. They're all right there. You know, so, like, I think that's what it is. But, I mean, Zack Schneider has, has said, and he continues <laughs> to say, you know, his film is a much different film than what we got in theaters. You know, apparently Dark Side plays a major role in this. Like, there's a whole lot of shit that, like, was added to this. Like, you're going to see, like, the direction he wanted to take this all in with, uh-huh. with his movies. And, um... Like, I'm of two minds of this. Like, I, I'm excited to see what Zack Schneider's vision was. Because I'm a Zack Schneider fan. Uh-huh. You know, I, I've never hidden that fact either. But, you know, so I, for, for for Zack and, and for, you know, the cast. And, like you know, apparently this is kind of what drove Affleck to kind of say, you know, I don't think I'm going to be Batman anymore. You know, because of all the horse shit with Warner Brothers and between him and Zack Schneider. Apparently Affleck was very much behind Zack Schneider and, and his vision. Right. That's part of the reason why he pulled out. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that aspect of it. But there's also a part of me that's like, yeah, in many ways, the trolls kind of won. Yeah. Like, there were some good aspects to the, you know, you know, release the Schneider Cut movement. The hashtag release the Schneider Cut. Um. But there was a lot of just awful people involved in that as well. You know, yeah. and again, I, I, I know I'm going to hear it from, from fucking Otter. Like, well, you, if you dig deep enough, you find out. Well, you know, I don't have to dig that deep. It was right there on my Twitter feed. You know, it was right there on my Facebook feed. You know, I see it all the time, you know, wherever I look. Like, it, it, it's not me digging for it. It's just it's there. Yeah. Um, you know, and... It just it feels like it's you know it feels to me like it's a victory for some bad people. Yeah. You know, like it it, it rewards internet bullying once again. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like 
Disney right. did it in a way, where, or, or Lucasfilm did it, you know, with the uh, reduced role of Kelly Marie Tran in The Rise of Skywalker, um, you know, because hardcore Star Wars fanboys, you know, the, the, there was a lot of haters out there who just didn't care for her, you know, <laughs> um, and I think that's a shame, you know, she deserved better, in my yeah. opinion, than, than, the, than the 97 seconds of, fil- of screen time she got, right. um, you know, it, but it's like, it's this, it's one of those things where, like, I just I don't know how to feel about it. Like there's a part of me that's like excited because it's, I also think like well maybe we can get something else. Like maybe we can get Daredevil back. I've seen that already. Like 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 you know if they could do it for for Justice League we can do it for Daredevil. Now, you know that'd be awesome. I'd love to see Daredevil back. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know I I feel like it's like there's like a right way to go about it. And there's a wrong way to go about it. I feel like they, they went about it the wrong way. Yeah. You know, like I think of other movements. Like I think of like, you know, the movement to to get a Firefly movie made or, or Firefly season two. You know, yeah. Um, I, I think back to like the back in the day when um there was a TV show called Jericho. Yeah. It got canceled after one season, and you know it deserved the second season. It was a actually a very good show, and like the fans flooded CBS with like bags of nuts because that was like you know one of the things from the show. And, you know, th- th- there have been, like, very good, very well-conducted movements to, to resurrect something. And, that, and and Jericho is a show that got a second season. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like there, there are good ways to go about it and there are bad ways to go about it. And I think, like, the Internet has in, in allowed the bad way to kind of come out more. And, right. you know, and win in a way. So it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm... I'm conflicted about it, but like I'm excited because I want to see what Jack Zack Schneider's vision of this was. Right. Good, bad, or, good, good or bad. I want to see what his version of this was. Yeah. How that shit crazy was it? Yeah. You know, to be Dark Side supposed to be involved in this, which I mean, you didn't get anything about Dark Side in that movie. No. Yeah, you know, there was just a mention of the new gods. That was it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like they, they they made Steppenwolf like made him out to be like the major villain, and he's not. He's a henchman. He he he's like a lieutenant to. He's the first wave. Yeah. Of you dark know. Side. Yeah, the dark side's the the one to worry about. So I, I'm I'm very intrigued to see like how how this all unfolds. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I'll watch it. <laughs> Well, that, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, okay, and that's the other side of it. it it's like, it, it's like you know, next week HBO Max launches. Well, I mean, I'm not going to pay for HBO Max till something comes on there that I really want to watch. You know, like their 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 launch day lineup does not impress me. No. No. And so, like, I'm not going to like. I I feel like you know, I've got enough streaming services. You know, right. what, what people don't remember or know is a couple of weeks ago, the Peacock launched on, on NBC, on, on Comcast. Mm-hmm. You know, that's NBC Universal streaming service. I got that for free because I subscribed to, to Comcast. Mm-hmm. Now, if I wanted commercial free, I had to pay five more dollars. Well, I'm paying right. five bucks to get it commercial free, you know. <laughs> but so now, like, my streaming services are, you know, Netflix um, Disney Plus 
and the Peacock. Right. Plus, I'm paying for HBO and Epics. And CBS All Access. And CBS All Access, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, like, I, I've got all these services I'm paying for, and it's like, man, I am not going to drop another $17 because, you know, that's what they want for it. And more importantly, I don't even think I have a device that supports it at this point. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, I was trying to look, like, you know, they were talking it's on Apple TV and Roku and... Um, but like, I don't think it's on a fire stick. Huh. You know, and of course, you know, you're not going to get it on, like they were talking about, like you get it free if you have AT&T, U-verse, direct TV. There were a couple, I can't remember. I don't think dish was one of them. I can't, but I can't remember. Like there were a few of them that it was like, you know, if you, if you subscribe, if you have this as your, your, um, television service you're going to get this streaming service for free well of course comcast isn't one of them because they don't want a competition with the the peacock right you know so i mean eventually i'm going to get it because they're going to have the dune tv show that i want to watch and you know and now this but that's not coming out until sometime in 2021 yeah just hold off yeah i am i am but it's like it's it's just it's like and I get what they're doing. I mean, it makes sense because it's like, because now the, the the rallying cry for the the people who were hashtag released a Schneider cut is, and I don't know if this is like people who work for HBO or not, like or, or Warner Brothers, but it was like all of a sudden, like I saw a lot of like, hey. You know, Warner Brothers is doing this for us. They're, they're going to hashtag release the Schneider Cut. Let's repay them by subscribing to HBO Max now. Oh, nice. Yeah. I saw yeah. a lot of that on my timeline. I'm like, hmm. Really? Shady. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's a mark. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> Who is it? Yeah. It's Bob from accounting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just found that interesting. I was like, all of a sudden, my my, my timeline, I saw a lot of that. Like, I wasn't flooded with like, you know, I, I saw it enough times where I was like, oh, this is sticking out. Let, let's yeah. let's pay them back by subscribing to their service today. Hmm, okay. They need to they need to bring back the uh, <clears throat> the uh, city scene in HBO. Film. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! How cool would it be to see that again? I love to see them update it. Yeah, <laughs> give, it, give it a little bit of an update. There was a couple gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> I did watch something interesting um, on Disney. Okay. Weird, right? Uh, Prop Masters. Okay. I've been I mean watch- meaning to watch that. I've been meaning uh-huh. to watch that. We binged it. Yeah. <laughs> All the episodes. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it looked very interesting. I, I wanted to watch it. I just, for some reason, I haven't gotten around to it. Love the one on Tron. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, one, of the, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to. But I, I heard, like, Rick Moranis was on one. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a number of them. They yeah. had a Narnia one. They had a Mary Poppins one. They had... You know, down the line. Yeah. They had a Muppet movie one. 
Oh, wow. Man, that was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As it should be. Yeah, it, it was good. Yeah. It was kind of, you got kind of teary at parts. Oh, I'm sure. The intense and work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do I think it could have been better? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was okay. Yeah. There was a couple episodes that I liked a lot, but there was a lot of them that was just like, eh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted more, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have but, you been uh, watching that, that Disney's galleries? Uh-uh. Well, it's, it's basically, right now, it's like the making of The Mandalorian. Okay. You know, but it's like they're doing it as like, like half-hour episodes. And, um... That's the one where I told you you gotta watch at least watch episode two just to hear Dave Filani talk at the end. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um like this past one was like they were talking about the technology that they used in making the show. And they were talking uh-huh. about like how like the sets are just like it's like a video screen. Yeah. Like, they're not even they're, you know, they're using green screen a little bit, but it's like they called it the volume. Yeah. Whereas it's like, you know, they they dress the set the foreground but the background and it like it's like this this virtual reality that they can you know shift with the camera and it moves and like it was fascinating to watch and hear them talk about it and hear the actors talk about like how it be you know it became very easy to feel like you're in that situation or you're in the environment because it was you know it encompassed your eyesight so you're not trying to just play off of like a green screen. It was really interesting to watch. I, I highly recommend watching this 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 program because it's only four episodes, and like I said, they're only about a half hour each. But the insight into like everything that they they did to like you know, including like getting the cast together, you know, you get a lot of um, Carl Weathers in the, in the nice. last like in episode three and episode four, you get a lot of Carl Weathers talk, which is like you know, I'll sit around that learning tree any day of the week. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. But um. It was a lot of interesting stuff, like hearing these guys talk about, like you know, from from like John Favreau, who's like who went from like being the guy who directed Swingers to being right. like this guy who like directs these high end like technological juggernauts, right? Like you know, and talk and he talked about like the evolution of what they did, starting with like the Jungle Book and what they uh-huh. do with the Lion King. To get to the point of what they're doing with the Mandalorian, mm. and then at the end of it, like you know, it's like they're talking about George Lucas, and George Lucas is like, "Yeah, I wanted to do this about ten years ago, but we didn't have the technology yet." <laughs> right. Like fuck, fuck George. <laughs> yeah. Like Lucas is like standing there going, "Like, yeah, yeah, I envisioned this. I, I, I thought we could get to this point." Yeah, you know, like, fuck, you're smart. <laughs> I know he is, dude. Because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> right. I'm fascinated by it. I'm like, watch this going like, holy shit, I can't believe that's how they did things and it worked. And it, you know, and you look at it, you like kind of forget that there's a video board behind them. And, you know, it's like, I'm like, watch it going, wow, that's impressive. That yeah. is amazing how they did this. You know, and it's like, and George is like, yeah, I thought about this 10 years ago. <laughs> it's in my notes. Yeah. I got a notebook back at the ranch somewhere. Yeah. The, uh, they did have one on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, too. Oh, yeah. That was excellent. Yeah. And what's his name? 
Danny Elfman was on it for a long period of time. Oh wow, Danny Elfman, which was a cool inter- which was a cool interview. Yeah, where he was actually singing. Like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta see it. I mean, I think the ones to point out are the probably Nightmare Before Christmas one. Uh, the Mary Poppins one was good. Yeah. Uh, the Tron one was good. And I'm just saying my favorites, and the Muppets one was my, one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. Of course. Of course. But even I was left. I was left with. Eh, I wanted more. I wanted like a two-hour special. Oh yeah. Muppet movie. With yeah. all the props that they can possibly find. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Um. But yeah, it was it was cool. Wait till you see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, it's something I yeah, want to watch. You'll go down the big screen. As soon as you watch one, you're going to be like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch this other one. And you're yeah. like, you just keep going. Because especially with the three that I mentioned, yeah. that's kind of our wheelhouse. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But it was, yeah, it was definitely good. And that I've witnessed. Oh, wow. Okay, so it has to be like something like, I could have seen it on TV, but I had to have seen it live. Like it couldn't have seen it like on Sports Center or a highlight. This is something I had to have actually witnessed at the time that it took place. Or been there. Or been there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So number five was one I was actually at. Okay. And that is Ronald Ramon's buzzer beater to beat West Virginia in two thousand and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Place went ape shit. Oh, it was like one of those great because Pitt's down by two with eight seconds left to play. Yeah. And, you know, like you get that pass in the corner and Ramon just like, and I was just like, well, I remember being there and I held my breath because it was like at the other end of the court from where I was. Like my, yeah. the seats I had were like right behind a hoop. So yeah. I was at one end of the court. And in the second half, Pitt always was at the other end of the court from me. Right. So, it's like, I was like, if, if, if you know the Peterson Event Center, like, I was, I was to the, like, if, to the right of the band. Like, so the band, the band would have been to my left. Yeah. Like, in the corner there. And, um, it was one of those moments I remember seeing the pass. And I remember, like, him just, like, set and shoot and, like, just, like, holding my breath is, like, it just, you know, nothing but net. And the buzzer went off. You're just like, holy shit, we won. You know, yeah, yeah. that was like 2008. That was like, you know, Pitt, Pitt at the time was like a good team. You know, they had made the tournament a few times. You know, they, they were like this team that was like, they were a mid-card team, for lack of a better term. Like, you know, they, they would be in the top 25. And at this, at this time, they were, Pitt was a 20, 25th ranked team. And they were going to make a run, and they were going to get into the top 10 in this year. And then the next year, I mean, they were going to be – times the number one team in the nation so this yeah. is like like Dwan blair's freshman year you know yeah, yeah. and it was like well, it's one of those things where you're just like when he <sighs> hit that that three to win the game it was just like holy fuck i can't believe he hit that like it was like like this amazing moment that like i'll never forget because because like, like one it's west virginia yeah, yeah you know you pit west virginia that's a rivalry that'll go down in time in my opinion but two like you know you're right like that place went ape shit it exploded like when when that buzzer went off that place just exploded with yeah. just cheers and like the zoo just bouncing and like it was like one of those magical moments that it was just like i can't believe i was here for this 
Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know. So yeah, that, that's my number five. Okay. Okay. What's yours? Oh, we're going back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah. Shell them. No, back and forth. They're gonna shell them at me. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna shell them at you. No. All right. I gotta pull them up. That's all. Okay. So I did. Kind of strange, but I did um. Top five movies dealing with ghosts. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, just because I don't think... I mean, there's been some good movies with ghosts, but then it, it, it kind of went on a run, right? You know, like yeah. Annabelle series and all this kind of crap. And so... Mm. it You'll find out from the list, but um, I think that the... Uh, my number five um, was probably going to have to be, um, and these are just because I like these movies. Right. Uh, this isn't, you know, yeah. uh, para- paranormal activity. Because I think that's, I think that movie really kicked off this whole slew of those types of films. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but right. Like and, it, and, and it was done on the cheap and it was done in a, in a way like with the, like the security camera footage, like you'd never seen something like that before. Correct. Sort of like, like so what the Blair Witch did. Yeah. So it was a very unique, yeah, it was a very unique perspective of the, like the, the classical ghost movie. Yeah. So I, I really liked it. Yeah. And it scared the shit out of me at some points. And so yeah. if, if a movie scares me, then, you know, where I'm like, Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, it's it's got to make my list, especially now. I mean, I'm so. Yeah, you said so, you know jaded and. Yeah, whatnot. I, yeah. Movie, I like this movie, so that's my number five. Yeah, I, I, that's a good choice. I mean, and like you said, like it, it first of it kind of kicked off this new generation of ghost stories, but also like it it did tell the tale in such a unique way. Like that was like I think like kind of putting, if I'm correct, I think I put like Blumhouse on the yeah. map yeah you know because like they did it on the cheap you know small crew um and they did it with like this like security camera footage perspective <laughs> that you had never seen before which so that, yeah. really worked yeah it, it worked very well for that movie yeah. I mean, I mean, they kind of drilled it into the ground with later movies but like that first sure. one that's what i'm saying was, that first one yeah. was just it was remarkable yeah it was like really yeah. well done in like the perspective, and everything, like everything about that movie. You're right; it it, it does give it a nice, a, a uniqueness that you you needed at that time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. All right, so my my number four is Jordan's Last Shot as a Bull. Yeah. Okay. I remember watching it on TV. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I remember think- like you know. Again, like I said, one of those things I'm just kind of holding my breath and like, you know, and Michael made made the move. Dude went by him and he just hits that shot and he just kind of stood there with his hand in the air like that. Right. And, you know, you're just like, oh, uh, you wish like that was the final moment. Like I said, like, you know, he went to Washington for a couple of years, like, but you wish like that was Michael's last moment on the court. Going out like that. Yeah. That's fairy tale. You know. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, but that's a good one. There's a lot of Michael moments like that where it's just like, 
I always like the Michael moments where he just shook the hell out of him. Yeah. And then he just drops a fadeaway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're actually oh. almost on the ground. That's how bad the juke was. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you're just like, damn. Yeah. But that, that moment is special because it was like, that's his last shot as a bull. And it's a yeah, game winner. No, it's I get a, it. You know, game six of the, the NBA finals. You know, I mean, it, it's everything you want that shot to be. Yeah. And being able, like, watching that game, like, I remember watching that series because, like, you know, even then you get like you knew the controversies like you knew like you know you know that Phil Jackson was leaving the team they weren't going to bring him back you you knew you know like you like it was like that was the talk like you know is this Michael Jordan's last game like that was like surrounding that 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 series was like you know yeah, yeah. is this the last ride for Jordan and yeah like seeing him hit that shot and just like you're just like oh fuck that's why he's Michael Jordan you know I think Phil left the team on an Indian head Harley and a cigar in his mouth. Yeah, I think so too. That's badass, dude. <laughs> That's how you go out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like that that shot, like I'll never forget watching that shot at a bar. You know, right. Like, and it was like one of those things like like everybody else isn't like paying any attention to the game but me. Yeah. You know, like nobody else like, like could care less because it's like, you know, it's Pittsburgh, it's the NBA. But like, I had the bartender put the game on for me. I was like, you know, riveted to the game. And like everybody was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, shut the fuck up. This is Jordan's last game. You know, and when he hit that shot, yeah. I'm like, the only one in the bar, like, I'm like, yes. You know. Yeah, yeah. And everybody else is like looking at me like I'm an asshole. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Uh, what's your number four? <sighs> number four, I would have to go with. Uh, probably Ringu. Okay. Okay. The Japanese version. The, the, the Japanese ring. version yeah. of the ring. Yeah. The, the original oh. version of the ring. Yeah. Yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like uh, captivated. And I like the, I mean, I like the American version too. Right. But I think uh, the reason I picked this is it kind of got me into Japanese horror. And Japanese horror is very unique. It is. You know, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't say that in a bad way. I mean, they, they just they, they look at horror from a, duff, a much different perspective. I know. And I mean, most of the time it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's you, just, you know, you know it, it's like a different lens that they look at it through. And what they come up with is, is very fascinating. It is. And so, yeah, that's that's my number four. That's I a good just, choice because again, that kind of introduced a lot of people to <laughs> to Japanese horror. Correct. That you kind, know, of, the, kind of started a movement here, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think there are people that were into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, like the hardcore, like you know, tape collectors and stuff. Like they, like it's like it's like having sure. a, a Godzilla movie that's not subtitled or, or dubbed. You know, like right. I got but this. It just kind of it brought show Japanese in Japan. Yeah, it yeah. brought it brought it brought it to the table. Right, exactly. Uh, to where they were making newer versions of these movies, you know, Americanized, but people are also getting the appreciation of going back and getting the original Japanese cut or the the original film. Right. Um which I think is really cool as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Ringu. It's an interesting choice. I like it. Yeah. So my, my number three is gonna shock you. 
right. it's going to shock you that it's number three. All right. And that's Roethlisberger to Holmes in, in Super Bowl 43. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That was an amazing catch. That was. And an amazing and throw. Was, <laughs> yeah. That, that was one of those The catch those was moments. better than the throw, though. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but that catch was incredible. Yeah, the fact that he got two feet. Like, I didn't think he had two feet down. Nobody did. No, like I like when I initially watched it, like I was like, because everybody, because I remember, I'll never forget, I watched it at Thad's sister's house. Okay. And it's you know, it's me and Nancy and Thad and um, Thad's sister's husband and Thad's sister. So, mm. and Sue's husband is hardcore. Like, yeah. like he 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 does not handle a Steeler loss well. Right. Especially in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I've yeah. watched two Super Bowls with that guy. Uh, 43 and 45. He did not handle 45 well at all. No. <laughs> you know, but 43, like, because the thing to remember is, like, you know, just before this catch, you know, Larry Fitzgerald score, scores the go-ahead touchdown for the Cardinals. Yeah. And, like, there's a part of me that's like, fuck. You know, I hate that the Steelers are going to lose this game, but, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's going to be the MVP. And he scored, you know, yeah, anybody deserves this. You know, it's Larry Fitzgerald. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Like, in my head, I'm, like, rationalizing this. And Sue's husband, like, like gets up and motherfucks and, like, leaves the room. And you can hear him upstairs just swearing up a storm. Like, and in my head, I'm like, man, I hate that the Steelers lost, but at least it's Larry. Yeah. You know, at least it's Larry that's killing him, you know. Yeah. And. You know, but that's me. Like, that's just how I rationalize it. And then, like, you know, to have the Steelers go down the field, like, in a Montana-esque drive, you know, and for Holmes to make that catch. And, you know, like, everybody else is, like, celebrating. And I'm, like, sitting there going, I don't think he got two feet down. Yeah. I'm not I sure if he got same two thing. feet I down. said he, it's coming back. Yeah. Like, I really <laughs> thought that was coming back. And then they started showing the replays. I'm like, holy shit, he got two feet down. I can't believe he did it. I can't believe he fucking got two feet down. But, like, at first, I was hesitant because I thought, I don't think he's got both feet down. And right. when they started showing replays, that's when I started to celebrate. I'm like, they can't, they can't reverse this. There's no way. It, it's, those, it, that was toe drag swag at its best. Yeah, know? yeah. And, oh. It's one of those great moments in Super Bowl history that, like, it'll live forever. Yeah, I know. You know. The catch was just so good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So um, that's what I'm, and I'm saying this movie because it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I know I'm going to get criticized for this one. But um, Thirteen Ghosts, I freaking love that movie. I like it too. I love Matthew Lillard. I, I don't care what he's yeah. in; it's good. I mean, I haven't seen him really in many bad things. I think I just appreciate the actor. You know, but yeah. I thought I like the whole concept behind 13 ghosts. Yeah, I, I like the 13. Each yeah. one of them were different. It was almost Hellraiser ish the way they were. Right. Visually, it looked good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's not I don't really I don't have much about to say about it. Just that's what's on my list. It's just a good film to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'll tell you, like, I haven't. Like the three movies you've mentioned, like I'll, I'll tell you, I've watched them once. You know, but yeah. I do like Thirteen Ghosts. Like it's a good movie. Like if you were to make me watch that movie again, I probably wouldn't complain. 
Right. You know, I mean, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's watch this. Okay, I'm done with that. You yeah. Know? And you're right. And it's really good. And it's well done. And it looks good. You know, and you're right. Like, I mean, solid cast. And I didn't know where to right. really put it. I mean, like, I, I put it. I mean, there's a, there's more movies in here that should have made top five. I yeah. almost texted you and said we're going to do a top ten. But I was like, no, nah, let's just do five. And I just did five that I love. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Works for me. Because I was going to put Stir of Echoes in here, too, and I didn't put that in there. Because I think that's a great ghost movie. It's a great ghost story, yeah. 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 My number two, The Catch. The what? The Catch. Okay. For for those who don't know, this is uh, 1982, 49ers against the Cowboys. Joe yeah. Montana scrambles to his right. Throws it over um, Too Tall Jones, and Dwight Clark jumps up in, from the middle of nowhere and snags that ball down and kind of comes down with two feet down to win the game. Yeah, crazy. You know, it's one of the greatest moments in NFL history, and I remember watching it as a kid. Yeah, like it was like, but that was probably the first year I really started watching football. Like I had been playing football since I was seven. Yeah, but like watching football was like beyond me and like but like 82 was like the year i was like okay yeah it's it's uh you know i i watched the whole season i knew i knew a lot of the players names at that point you know and um it was one it, that was one of those games i remember watching it as a kid being riveted to my television and like thinking to myself you know montana's gonna win this game like it, it, that was like the birth of the the greatness of joe montana and i was like right there for it like watching that game as a kid yeah, yeah, and it's one of those moments I'll never forget because I was like, because I I was rooting for the 49ers, so I hated Dallas, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, I hated Dallas, but yeah. um, it was like, you know, oh, I can't believe it, and then like, you know, you're like, holy shit, I can't believe he caught. It. Even my dad like, celebrated, like, you know, yeah, because you know, yeah, he's Dallas too, you know. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where like you you know, you couldn't believe what you saw. All <laughs> right. Like one of those great moments, and like, and, it's, and you've seen it a thousand times since then. But mm-hmm. you know, you see, like, you know, but I remember the the view of watching it on, like, you know, but the the, the view you never see is like what they sh- what was on TV. Like for some reason, they never show that. It's always like the NFL Films version where, like, you know, it's from the back of the end zone and Clark goes up and makes the catch and everything. I remember what like thinking, like, man, he's going out of bounds. He got out of bounds. As you know, you're watching him roll away, and like just before he goes out of bounds, he throws that ball, and you're like, "That's a throwaway." <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. He caught it. He caught it. <laughs> so that's my number two. Yeah. All right. Where am I at? Two, right? No. Yeah. Two. Two. So I'm gonna have to get. This was a tie. Uh, and it, and it, you'll you'll realize why it was a tie. Um, Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, and Beetlejuice. Okay. I, I think I think they fit in the same. It's like that same genre, not genre, but almost comedy. Yeah. But yet with good stories. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, but I'm more leaning toward Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> It was, it was a good ghost movie. It had some scary moments. But damn, it was a good movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It had oh, dealt with the paranormal. Movie. What's that? Yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
it, it was, it's like, you know, it had everything you wanted from that type of a movie. Like, you, you had, you know, Bill Murray is Bill Murray. Yeah, right. You know, you had had the nerds who were like, you came up with the equipment. You had, um, you know. uh, Dan Aykroyd. Well, Dan, but but the other, the, I can't believe I can't remember his name. The the guy who came in later. No, not Harold Ramis, the the fourth guy. (laughs) Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson, yeah. Yeah, Ernie Hudson, who was kind of like us. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm just a hired hand. They show me how this shit works, and you know, there's ghosts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I can't believe there's fucking ghosts. You know, and yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it's like a really well done movie. And like, you, like the comedy is just spot on, and I mean, you throw in Sigourney Weaver and Annie Potts and Rick Moranis. His name comes up again here. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's such a phenomenal cast, and like that story worked so fucking well. It did. It just hit on all marks. Yeah. And at the time period, it really hit. I mean, that, yeah. that that fucking movie went crazy. Yeah. People loved it, you know? Anyway, I mean, it was a good it, movie. It's, it, it's why you give Ghostbusters 2 a pass almost. Because Ghostbusters <laughs> 2 is not that good. No. Nah. I mean, there's good points to it. But overall, it's not that good of a movie. No, nah, it's not. It doesn't come anywhere close to the first one. Uh-uh. You know? It doesn't even, doesn't even touch it. Like the whole thing with the Statue of Liberty, I was even like, is it like, you know, at that age, I was like, ugh, this isn't good, <laughs> you know. But there, there are other moments in that movie though that that work really, really well. So you kind of give it, it's like fondly remembered, but it's not that good of a movie, <laughs> right? You know, it's not. no. But the first one is, and it was just so yeah. good. It's a su- far superior movie. I mean, the Stay Puff is just, yeah, it's almost iconic at this point. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd's speech on Mike Lockett yeah. is even better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I tried to think right. of the one thing I didn't what think it hurt us. Yeah. And he was like, Puff would never hurt us. He's like, I'm just crying. Yeah. It was great. It was just a great. It was a great moment. Yeah. So anyway, I love Ghostbusters and. It has to make it because there were some there were some ghost movies that were fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I put and that's why I put Ghostbusters in there um, was because like there were ghost movies that weren't necessarily on the um, you know paranormal activity level or thirteen ghosts. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this was and, and they weren't all serious and like right. this was one of them. Beetlejuice yeah. was the other one, but um, um, just it's a good movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's one you can't argue with. Yeah. All right. So my number one sport, great sports moment that I witnessed. Um, Flurry's game seven save, two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, it, it stands out for a number of reasons. I think the biggest is. Like breaking through against the the mighty Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, you know, like people like kind of forget if you're not a hockey fan. Like Detroit was a like a a monolith. Like you know, 
they were like there was a time where like only certain teams won the Stanley. It was like either New Jersey, Detroit, Dallas, or um, or um, Colorado. Yeah, you know, like, like like there were only certain teams that won the Stanley Cup, and you know, or or even got to the Cup Finals. You know, and, and it seemed like there was just this select few, and like Detroit was one of them, and and like even go like going into like the the, the salary cap era, um, of of the NHL. Like they were still like this powerhouse of a team, and yeah. the, the Penguins, you know, lost to them in six games the year before, and like it was like one of those things where it was like, how do you overcome this? Right. Like all honestly, like it, like as a fan, like that, that first time going to the Cup Finals, it was like, man, I hope we can beat these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I didn't like I had faith, but it was like still like as a realist, like Detroit's one of the best teams of all time. <laughs> you know, like, how do you overcome that? And, you know, they beat us in six games, and it's just like, fuck. And, you you know, you go to the next year, and it's Detroit again, and you're like, holy shit, again. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, like, you, yeah. just, you, you, you just, you looked at that lineup, and you were just like, I don't know how you overcome this. Right. And, um, you know, they got, they took it to a game seven. They had that 2-1 lead with the final seconds left, the face-off in their end. Detroit wins the face-off. You know, it goes over to the left wing corner. That net was wide fucking open when Lindstrom took that shot. Yeah. Like, you know, and Flurry somehow got over there to make that save with like seconds ticking off the clock. Like you could just hear, like watching that game live, I could hear time move. <laughs> you know, and it was like, you know, this game cannot end fat. He's going to make, they're going to tie this fucking game up. Like, I, that net was so wide open. And like, I've seen it from a thousand angles, but like the angle from behind, like from the goalie's net, like they had that camera in the net. Yeah. And, and it's like flurry was to his, to his left. And then he saw the puck go to his right. And he, with his left skate is like pushing as fast as he can to get over there and get in the way of that puck at the last fucking second. It's like amazing to watch. And, like, I'll just never forget, like, it, it's like a breakthrough moment where, like, you were just like, I can't believe they fucking did. Like, of, of all the teams that beat, like, the Detroit fucking Red Wings, you know, at that at that time and that, that lineup, and they were so fucking good. And like, that save is just one of those things that, like, you know, people, like, wonder, like, why is Marc-Andre Fleury beloved in this town? And, like, he was a great guy and everything. But that save. Yeah. And it doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. Like mm. when they when they talk about the great saves in NHL history, that never gets talked about enough because that net was wide fucking open and he got there and made like, fuck. I just yeah. it's like you know, and I just remember just sitting in my seat just like, like it was the exact opposite of like these other moments where like you jumped up and you cheered. Like I just sat there stunned that they had like it was like they defeated Goliath, right? You know? And they did it in that way. It was like that. That save, I can't believe you made that fucking save. I just sat there stunned for a minute, you know, and just, and then the, then started crying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> then you hear about, like, you know, Lemuse sent the text, like, I'll see you at center ice and everything else. And you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. You know. It was, uh, Flurry made some amazing saves in his career. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, there's no doubt about uh, it. I mean, you know. But that, that moment in time. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. 
Um, but he was just a great goalie for us. I mean, it was almost heartbreaking to watch him go. Yeah. Because that was one of the people that I, I really didn't want him to go. I mean, I thought this guy was good, but I mean, on it, I don't know why we had to make that decision. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Cap, cap space. I, I know that. But I mean, yeah. like, I was just like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just a good goalie. Yeah, he. I mean, and he, he had just, and he had it left in the tank too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some, you know. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's had two great years in in Vegas. Yeah. You know. I know. And it, it is it's 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 one of those things where like you're right like you say like you know man it sucks that you had to like you had to choose, but it's great that you had to choose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you had two great goalies. And you had to choose between them because you can't keep them both. Right, right. You know, and what's funny is like the Penguins are right back in that position again. Right, right. You know, with with, with Murray and Jari. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like one of those things where like, mm, what a position to be in. Like, like it it shows the depth of their organization and how, and like you know we talked about like you know you know Mary Lemieux just lets the other people handle this this business and. This is why, like, you know, you look at the depth that they've had this position. You know, you've, you in in a ten year span, you've had three great goaltenders, right? You know, like how many teams can say that? Right. You know, you you, you felt good enough that you could let Mark Andre Fleury go, a, a potential Hall of Famer, right? Because you had a guy that was just as good, if not better, as his backup, right? And now Matt Murray's looking behind him, going, you know, Christian Jari's just as good, if not better. <laughs> right. You know, so and it's, it says a lot about the organization. It does absolutely. Yeah. All right. I thought for sure you're gonna pick Harrison's run back or uh, the game winner against from Pitt to VT. That game we went to. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were enough. I mean, there's a number. Yeah, I could have, like, like, you know, a, a great sports moment. Like I thought about like, you know, as a cheat, like getting to see Larry Fitzgerald play at Pitt. Yeah. yeah. J- just that was like, right. you know, how often do you look at like it, being at Heinz field, watching him catch it at, in, you know, in the end zone, we were sitting and going, how did he make that catch? You know, right. it, it, it was stuff like that. And like the, the like you said, like that Pitt Virginia tech game. Um, there were a couple I thought about, like you know, a, a Harrison's number. Harrison's run back was amazing, though. Yeah, Harrison's run back was amazing, like, and I thought about that too. I mean, you it know? was just for me. I mean, I'm not. I don't yeah. know about you. I mean, no, it, it, I just no, remember right. watching that game, and I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening. Like, I've never been so excited yeah. in, in a game in my life. Right. Oh yeah, that, like, it, that, that was, was like, one of those moments there. where. That's one of those moments where absolutely, I was like sitting there going, you know, go down. Like it, 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 there right, because like there was no way you were play. thinking. Yeah, there's no, no way he's gonna make that distance. No, I thought he'd no. have a heart attack by the time he got down to the thirty. You he's know what I mean? Still trying to catch his breath. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, he's still trying to catch his fucking breath from that run. Right. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that that's absolutely like one of the greatest plays in Steeler history and Super Bowl history. You know, <laughs> in NFL history, like you. Know, so yeah, I mean, but there were other moments like I mean, I remember watching David Tyree's catch. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the helmet catch. 
against the yeah. Patriots. You know, the Patriots were undefeated that year, and he makes that catch against his helmet. You're like, how the fuck did you know? That, that's a great moment. I remember watching that, like going like, holy fuck, I can't believe I just watched that. You know, yeah. um, Mario Manningham's catch against the Patriots, like you know, that that catch he makes along the sideline, where like like Eli Manning just like dropped it straight down into the bread basket, like what an amazing throw and catch, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it was stuff like that. Like there, there were a hundred and like there were a lot of things. Like I, I, I was thinking about this. And I'm trying to put the list together. And it, it does skew a little bit Pittsburghy because I probably put more emphasis on on the great moments in our team's history. Okay. But you know, it's one of those things where like I've I've been fortunate enough that I've seen so many great moments in sports. You know. Because I because I, I love watching sports, that um it was it was tough to like pick moments. I you know some of them like like flurry save will always stand. That's probably one of the greatest moments I ever saw. You know, Roethlisberger to Holmes. You know the the, the, yeah, the yeah, catch. Yeah. The, you know the catch is tough to beat. You know, um yeah. you know, I, I get like you could probably put insert some other ones, but like you know. Ronald Ramon's last second shot to beat West Virginia. Like that stands out to me just because one I was there. I saw yeah. that live, but yeah. two, it's like, you know, you got to understand like that rivalry pit West Virginia, even if, even if it was basketball, it was still that rivalry, you know? Right. So like, the, that's why, like I, I went the way that I went. Like it's, it's, it's something that I felt, you know? Sure. Sure. Now I get it. Yeah. And, and there are 101 other moments. Like I thought, I thought about like, I mean, it's a great moment, you know, Brady's come back against the Falcons in the Super Bowl, down yeah. 28 to three. That's unheard of. Right. And nobody's ever come back from more than a 10-point deficit in the Super Bowl. He comes back from, you know, 25. <laughs> right. You know, you know, shit like that. Like, you know, so, I mean, it's it – was, it was a tough list to narrow it down. But, like, I, I think the two national ones, like Jordan's last shot in the catch, I think that's, those are hard to beat. Yeah. You know. That's cool. Yeah. So, what's your number one, sir? Number one. Uh – Poltergeist. I figured, yeah. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. It's, um, number one, it was a good movie. Yep. Uh, great cast. Yeah. Um, scary as shit at some points from the, from the age that I saw it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd never seen anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like at that age, I hadn't seen The Exorcist or I haven't seen stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of like a, yeah, I guess, a soft introduction into it, you know? Yo, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, it is. You're right. Like, I mean, it, uh, I mean it's, a, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. It's, you know. Sure. It, it's it's scary, but not overly scary. But, like, as a 10-year-old, it's scary as fuck. Yeah. You know, it's shit And it like starts that. off all nice, the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, at the end, like, you know, you, you move the tombstones, but you didn't move the bodies, you know? Yeah. You know, that's a great moment. You know, Craig T. Miller, he was fantastic in that movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, the visual effects, the chicken, the maggots, the the ghosts. Um, yeah. Kind getting girl in, and, and to this day, I'm you know scared to death of clowns because of yeah. that movie. Come into the light. Come Fear into God. the light. And yeah. When that when you hear that jingle. Yeah. And that and that rocker's moving. There's <laughs> something wrong with that. I mean, like creepy little I, woman. I, 
I just, I don't know. He pulls him under the bed. Fuck. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's like clowns and closed spaces. Yeah. Can't do it. Uh, but, it, you know, it's a good movie. You know, it's not. Um, I tell you, the old man in the second one was probably scarier than that clown. Yeah. But um, but it was it was a good movie. Yeah, I agree. And it dealt with ghosts. And uh, I get that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a well-told ghost story, and you're right. It's like it's 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 that Spielbergian scary, but not adult scary. Like it, it, it's almost like a ghost story meant for children. Yeah, with like a yeah, it is. It's like, but though, like kid, I, I guess not good, meant for children, but kid friendly. Right. I mean, it's a little yeah. too much for a 10-year-old, but yeah. it's not too much for an adult. Right. It's, like, right there. It's yeah. It's, like, it, like, it, it kind of, like, teeters that line. Right. You know? So, but, Which yeah, is what, like, I, I've heard people talk about, like, particularly, um, oh, I can't remember his name. The guy who did the Hostel movies. Hospital. Hostel. Oh, hot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nine. I, I think it was name. Yeah, he was in. He was in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. But um, like he he did that movie um, you know, the house with the clock in the wall, which yeah. failed miserably. But I, I heard just him watched talk- that. I watched that. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. But go ahead. But the thing he talked about with that movie was like he what he wanted to get back to is like that, Amblin style of horror. Yeah. Like it's not. It's it's not. For an adult, it's not a scary movie. Right. But for a child, it's frightening. Yeah. You know, and but it's like it, it, it walks that edge. And that's what he, he talked about, like getting back to like stuff like that, where like it walks that fine line of it's good enough for an adult to enjoy, but not be scared. Like, not that adults get scared by these movies, but like you, you, you get like that, that jump scare. Like, you know, you watch a paranormal activity, you get that jump scare from it. Yeah. You're not gonna get that from this movie, but it's gonna, but it's just enough that like you're comfortable enough letting your ch- kid watch it, and they're gonna be scared shitless. Right, right. You know. So I mean, like, like I said, Gremlins, this is just Gremlins is that way. Like you know, one Gremlins is a horror movie. Yeah, it is. You know, and as a, like a, a twelve-year-old movie. Yeah, and as a twelve-year-old, like you know, you're like, fuck, that's scary. <laughs> you know, yeah. as an adult, you're laughing your ass off at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But as a kid, just like holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. You know, Gremlins is great. Yeah, I mean, but that's like that um, that that Am- Amblin style of horror that he was talking about. Right. So. Yeah, there was you know like there was a lot of movies I could put in there. The Shining, um, um, The Changeling. Yeah. Um, the others, yeah. Lisa and we both like the Orphanage. Um. So I mean, yeah, there's, you know, the Frighteners. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I like. I still watch the Frighteners. It's very underrated. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's done by uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, yeah. Um, and people forget that, like that's a, that's like his background. Like before he did the Lord of the Rings and shit, like his background was like campy horror. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But the Frighteners was actually a pretty good film. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that was, like that was like his first commercial movie. Yeah, very underrated. Yeah, in my opinion. I right, mean, it's, I agree. 
really good movie. Yeah. Plus, Busey's kids in it. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he's of course. A, he's always worth the price of admission. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. Casper. <laughs> that's actually not a bad movie. No, it's good. Bree, that's Bree said that should be on my list. Yeah. I was like, that's I mean, on I'm, your list. I mean, I wouldn't put it in the top five list or anything, but like, that's actually not that bad. No, it's not a bad movie. No. At all. And you thought like, oh, this is going to be fucking horrible. Mm, it wasn't. No, not even close. I mean, it was actually well done. Mm-hmm. Haunted yeah. Mansion. I mean, there's there's a lot of movies and old ones too that I'm not even going to get into, but yeah. Um, it was. Uh, I liked Haunted Mansion too. <laughs> yeah, this movie. Yeah. So anyway. All right. So this is a this is a Bertonial mailbag. Okay. Mailbag. And the only email we got this week is once again from our good friend, Superfan Thad. Cool. Thad writes in, hello, my two favorite hosts who like to Skype each other in the nude. Uh, no. Sean, can you see Ian's little wee wee in the picture? We're not nude. You know, that's just, I, I save my nudity for work. We're not, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was in Buffalo again this week and went to a place called Mighty Taco. It was pretty good. I liked it better than Taco Bell. Well, Taco Bell's not really real Mexican food. No. I, I think we can all establish that without controversy. That's an Americanized fast food version of, of Mexican food. It's not even real meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure anybody of Latino descent just spits at Taco Bell as they drive by. Um, the only issue, when I took a shit the next day, my shit smelled like Mighty Taco. Oh, that's just nasty. I've been watching the rebroadcast of the Penguins' first Stanley Cup win. Well, that would have been, what, 1991 against the Minnesota North Stars. Mm-hmm. Damn, that was a good game. 8-0 win. No such thing as concussion protocol. Recky gets boarded head first, and you know damn well that he was thinking he was Batman. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was no concussion protocol back then. Rex. <laughs> yeah, he took some smelling salts, he went back on the ice. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was, there was no quiet room. Like, I always love when they said that. He's being taken back to the quiet room. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> This is hockey, isn't it? The quiet room is the penalty box, son. Yeah, yeah. It's as quiet as it's gonna get. Yeah, you need if that if, if you got a concussion, you need to put your ass in the penalty box. That that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, there's no concussions in hockey. <laughs> uh, way too lazy this week, Ian. Can't even put in a top five. I know. Yeah, well, he was, he's a busy he's a busy man. Yeah. He's a busy, busy man. <clears throat> All right, sorry for the short write-in this week. Platypus and I are going to go play dress-up. I'm going to pretend I'm a burrito, and she's going to pretend she's the sauce. This will be interesting. Yuck. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just no good. 
No good at all. All right, there, sir. Is there anything you'd like to add to the proceedings? No, man, I'm good. Okay. Well, remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Hey. Uh, you can send us an email like these, like Thad has, and that email address is pittsburghnerdyahoo.com. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find. And uh, remember, we are a member of a couple of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network and the Weeby Geeks Network. Uh, so just give them a Google search, and you can find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And lastly, as always, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out each and every week. Can't thank you enough for the time you take to enjoy our hijinks and or shenanigans. So uh, that's all I've got. And uh, on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>